say that, you know, the thing about today in our world is that um, there's a lot of different lifestyles. You know, I know there's, even in this church, I mean, there's single moms. Um, there are uh, some, not here necessarily, but, but in other places, single dads. There's people that are not married that just live together. That, that, that's the different types of lifestyles that there are. I mean, even 20, 25 years ago, um, it wasn't the way that it is today. And, and there's a lot of same-sex relationships and marriages even in the United States today. And, um, you know, you can get radical about it and you can get, have an attitude about it or whatever, or you can just live by the Word, do the Word, and, and allow God to work through every situation. And that's why, you know, what we're about here at Gates of the City, this, this summer we're celebrating 30 years. Actually, the Sunday the 14th, that weekend, need to mark your calendars because we have our 30-year anniversary that we're going to celebrate uh, that weekend of July the 14th. And, um, and what we've done the whole time we've been here is we've preached and taught and done everything from the Word to attempt to help people to learn how to live in this life and make the choices that God wants them to make. See, we're not here to make choices for you, but we're going to teach the Word. You know, I've had many people through the years come to me and say, you know, Pastor, I really like what you do or what you say or what you preach, but I don't agree with this. And I said, that's fine. I'm, so I'm, not going to try to, I'm not going to try to convince you of anything. But you will hear me preach on that from time to time. Because it's in the Word. You know, and people look at me. I mean, I, I, I mean I've had many people tell me they, they don't believe in tithing. Do you ever hear us not talk about tithing? No, because people need to know about tithing. Okay? But you, you can come sit in here for the rest of your life and not tithe, and nobody's going to say a thing to you. It has to be your choice. But you'd never know the difference if it wasn't taught you. You understand? So we will always teach it. And it's the way in any issue, in any area of life, I don't care what it is, we're going to give you what the Word says about it. And so, today on Mother's Day, we're going to talk to fathers. No, we're not. <laughs> no. Today on Mother's Day, we're going to talk about mothers and just talk about a few things. And, and like I said, um, today I'm talking about it my wife has the wisdom on motherhood. I'm talking about in our, in our relationship, in our world. And so do you, if you're a mother or you'll be a mother one day, uh, or you're a grandmother today. If you're a grandmother, then you are a mother. You are a mother. And, um, and, and so what we're going to talk about is from, from a, a number of just different perspectives, real quickly, just in the time that we have left today, in, in the different perspectives from God's Word on, on what motherhood is really about. And throughout the Bible, the Bible talks a lot about parenting. And so even in the parent, the, 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 the father-mother passages that I'm going to read today, um, we're going to talk about and focus on the mothers. And... Um, 
And I, and I feel like I've got a couple things that will bless you and that, that uh, will be good for you to hear and, and kind of meditate on and, and digest for yourself. Amen? Um, I, got, I have a couple of quotes from um, two previous presidents. Um, somewhere. This is from, this is a quote by Abraham Lincoln. He said, all that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my, did I give you that? I didn't. <clears throat> what it should say is, I owe to my angel mother. That's what he said. All that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. George Washington said this, My mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am, I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I receive from her. She's the most beautiful woman I ever saw. And all I am, I owe to my mother. Well, you can hear different quotes, and, and there's reasons why they owe everything to their mother. There were things that their mothers knew that they imparted to them that made them great men and made them great men that we're grateful for, for the freedoms that we have today in both of those men, both of them. Um, where George Washington is concerned, very possibly without him, we are not a nation today or we're a nation under British control. Um, and for Abraham Lincoln, had it not been for him, um, this nation would have been totally divided and no telling where it would be today and who would be in control of this nation, even as a result of, of this, uh, our civil war, where that could have gone with the French or with whoever, I mean, with different countries. He helped to keep this nation together. And, and we owe much to both of their mothers. So, today, as I read a few verses of Scripture, I want to um, reflect just for a moment on some things in my own life and my own mother. My, my mother's been passed away for five years now, and um, when you read something or you hear a quote by men like George Washington or um, Abraham Lincoln, if in the back of your mind you don't feel like that, you're, that you owe things to your mom, that you owe everything to your mom, like these men said, I mean, if they were here today and you were able to ask them all that their mothers did, I mean, they may say some things that their mothers didn't do if they were truly honest or whatever. But nobody said, nobody's talking about somebody being perfect. It's not about perfection. It's about somebody staying in the game. And maybe your mom didn't stay in the game. Maybe, maybe things didn't happen right. But 
When I was younger, when I was 10 years old, my parents divorced. And pretty much my siblings and I were left on our own and to just do what we wanted to do. And, you know, when you're 10, 11 years old, it's scary in one way. But as you grow a little bit older and you're into your teens, it's kind of nice because you can do whatever you want to do. And it seems like that's a good thing. And I thought it was. But as time went on, um, there were a lot of things I didn't like about my mother. And I had attitude toward her and, ha- and had real bitterness toward her and unforgiveness toward her. I didn't like her. I didn't like her lifestyle. I didn't like the things that she did. Um, I blamed her for things. I don't know where, where that got built up in my mind, but I blamed her for things that didn't happen right in my life and troubles and issues that I had. And, um, and somewhere down the road, when I was 18 years old, I got born again, but down that road of about seven or eight years, I had, I had developed this real strong unforgiveness. And I, and I would say with my mouth that I forgive her, but I just held on to it. I just, it was strong. And I went to her and spent a whole day with her and we dealt with things and, and um, she shared some things with me about her life and her upbringing and things that she had gone through. And um, from that day on, sometime in the early 90s, from that day on, not only did I forgive my mother, but I, I began to get delivered of the misperception that I had of her as a person. Um, I had created a certain perception, and where that perception came from was from the devil himself. The devil will lie to you about things and make you think things are worse than they are. I mean, at that time in the early 90s, I was married, we had children, I was healthy, and I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for my mother. Amen? She raised me, she fed me when I was young. Nothing bad happened to me when I was a kid. I mean, I, I had a lot of issues in my life, but nothing bad happened to me. And yet, yet I had an ungrateful attitude toward her, and I carried that for a lot of years until God arrested my soul, and He said, you've got to get rid of that because it'll, it'll be like a cancer, and it will destroy you. Because there's a verse of Scripture that I'm reading today, and it's found in Ephesians 6 and verse 1, and it says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, Because it's right, not because they're perfect. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it'll be well with you in your life and you'll live long on the earth. It'll be well with you and you'll live long when you obey and honor your parents. I was married to a woman at the time that these situations happened with my mother, And I was married to a woman that honored her parents and has always honored her parents from day one. And and I learned some things from her about what I was not doing in my life and realized I, I needed to make some corrections. But when I found out things about my mom, what I realized and what God showed me was she did everything she could. She had no understanding of God. She had very little revelation of any kind. She didn't have the capabilities of being a mother that I needed her to be. All of my expectations 
you know, were this feeling of being let down, you know, she didn't do all that needed to be done. But what I realized at a certain point is she did everything that she could because she just didn't know. What she did pass on to me was the fear that she was riddled with in her life from a little girl because of things that had happened to her number of different cases of abuse and things that had happened in her life. And when I found these things out, my heart melted for her. And in the early 2000s, on my front porch swing, I led my mom to the Lord. And all the days that we spent, the rest of the days that we spent from the day I talked to her and found things out about her in the 90s, we, we lived a life where we developed our relationship together. And, you know, the devil will lie to you and tell you things that are not true. There are no perfect mothers. I'm telling you today. I, there's no perfect mothers. And do not look at the next person and compare what you have with what they have. Never look at what you think someone has is so great. You don't know everything that's going on. You don't know everything behind the scenes. But live your life in obedience to the Word and obey your parents. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how old you are. Married whatever. Honor your parents. I'm not talking about letting your parents, once you're married or whatever, your parents control everything that you do. I'm talking about honoring them. And only God can teach you how to honor your parents. Only God. And I promise you, Every promise in God's word is yes and amen, and it'll go well for you, and you'll live long on the earth, and not just live long, uh, you know, not enjoying life, but live long, fulfilled days. Can you say amen to that? That's a commandment of God with a promise. Ah. Amen? I really like this passage of scripture in Proverbs, because and, and I, I want to I tie a couple things together this morning. This passage in Proverbs 29, I'm going to read verse 15 and verse 17, and I'm going to read them both in the Message Bible. Wise discipline imparts wisdom. Spoiled adolescents embarrass their parents. Discipline your children, you'll be glad you did. They'll turn out delightful to live with. (laughs) Come on, everybody smile and laugh. Whatever, 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 whatever. No matter how far along you are, your kids are all grown and you have grandkids or whatever, just laugh. I'm telling you, just laugh. But if you're just starting out or you've got young kids, I'm telling you, wise discipline imparts wisdom. Right? So, A mother, and we're talking to mothers today, a mother, and and this this is from my vantage point, mothers in the home have the authority with the children that fathers don't have. Now, you know, some... Some marriages or whatever, there's a little bit more of the father in, there, in, in, in the children's relationship than there is the mother. But God made it for the mothers to have more impact upon the children's lives. And um, 
One thing that we didn't do when we raised our children, we didn't do this, and I've heard of many people that did, is that, I mean, there were times that when I got home, you know, I had to help out with some discipline, but my wife disciplined our children. It wasn't, you know, wait till your dad gets home, man, you're going to get I mean, all that's doing is instilling fear of the father. Well, there needs to be a good fear. No, not that type of fear. There needs to be honor and obedience, but not being afraid of it. And so we never did that. We never wait till your dad gets home kind of deal. She disciplined. Now, when I, sometimes when I got home, I mean, she had been disciplining all day long, and I needed to help out and step in and do some things. But it wasn't me the disciplinarian, and she just the one that's kind of patting him and trying to be friends with him and trying to get him to like her. No, no, no. She's the mom. They're the kids. She had to bring the discipline, and I promise you to this day, they honor that in her. Because the Scripture says... Discipline your children, and you'll be glad you did. And I'll just say this. I thank God for her, because I would have let my girls get away with a ton of stuff. I can just tell you right now, I'd have let them get away with all kinds of stuff. And that's why I thank God for her, and that's where the mama needs to step in and be that person. And you know what? That's where men... You know, when it talks about roles in, in, in the marriage relationship with, with husband and wife, before it talks about the roles in Ephesians, the verse before it starts talking about the roles, it says this, submit one to another in the fear of the Lord. So, as the Bible says, myself, the man, in the marriage relationship, I am the head of my home, right? But my wife is the neck that turns the head, no. I mean, that's what people say, but there's truth to it, see? Because what I had to learn to allow my wife to do was to manage the home so that we weren't at odds with each other and conflicting in instruction that was being given in how the the home was going, okay? Now, when I came home, I'm not just following around and just doing everything that she says, but I'm honoring the way she structured it. We learned Together, we learned, I didn't say we did this in the beginning, I said we learned together to develop that structure and what that looked like, but then I had to honor her role in that place. And as I did that, then our children respected our authority together. So they didn't play us, I didn't say they didn't try, I just said they didn't play us, right, and try to work against us. It's one of the worst things that that parents can do, if you've done that, whatever, Get over it, get past it, learn from it, and learn, you know, learn how to discipline today. I'm saying if your children are, are young or actually at certain ages, even as they get older, you can speak some things into their life to help them. They don't have to receive it. I mean, they, they, they'll choose to or not, but you can always speak a word in wisdom in a moment that will help bring comfort because I'll just tell you this. Down deep in every person's heart, everybody wants to be disciplined. Everybody does. It doesn't seem like it. The Bible tells us in in Hebrews chapter 12, for for a time, for a moment, discipline seems to be hard, like you don't want it, but it yields the fruit of what's right. Always learn that. You can always speak words of wisdom. When I was in Australia in March, um, I was 
with, I, I, every day I spent time with somebody else, somebody from one of the churches that I was there with and, and, uh, and talking to them and just imparting into people's lives. And one day I was with a, 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 a man and his wife and one of their kids and ch- child was about, I think, nine or 10 years old. And we were uh, at a table and I mean, this child just wouldn't do what the parents ask. We were, we were in a restaurant eating uh, and they had come to pick me up and, the, and their child was with them. And, and we were sitting at the table and uh, this child, I mean, I, I'm thinking to myself, um, why don't the two of you get up and leave and let me take care of this little guy? You know, that's, that, that's what I thought in the back of my mind. You know, I didn't do that, but that's what I thought. So um, after a while, he went somewhere and the mother asked me, Pastor, what do you think it is with our son? Do you see the way that he's acting? And I said, yes. And I said, what, what, what is the issue with him? Why, why do you feel like he's like that? I said, because what it appears to me is you're not following through in telling him the way it's going to be. And she said, so, so how, how am I going to change that? Like right here in the restaurant, how am I going to change it? I said, you know what? If that was my 10-year-old boy, he and I'd be in the car. Well, what about eating? Get it to go. Because if we're going to go out to the restaurant, we took, I'm just telling you about our children, we took our children everywhere with us. We went to restaurants, whatever. There were times with a couple of them that I would be sitting in the car with them. And we'd do whatever. Or I would start eating and I'd finish and then I'd take over the kids and do whatever needed to be done because I'm not talking about them tearing the restaurant up. I'm talking about them, you know, a kid's a kid. I mean, it, it, you know, okay, they, they can only sit there for so long. I mean, don't, don't stick them in a high chair 25 minutes before the food comes and expect them to sit all the way through it. You got to pick them up. You got to walk with them. You got to go do whatever. You, if you need to walk outside and look at the birds for a little while or what, depending on how old they are or whatever, Right? I mean, I mean, come on, they're kids. They're going to do what, it, what, what they got to do. And, and I'm not saying they can't walk around, but, you know, make sure that you're overseeing it, you know? And we just did it. And that's what I told this lady. I said, you know what? You're not following through with what you're telling. I mean, if they told him once, they told him 10 times to sit down and be quiet. And he just kept saying, they kept saying, they kept saying, and they didn't follow through. And I said, you know what? If you don't follow through, just wait till he's 18 or 20 and he won't be falling through and you won't have left some things with him and he's going to have to learn it other ways. And, and I'll just tell you right now, nobody taught me and I had to learn other ways. You, you understand what I'm saying? I had to learn other ways. I had to learn from the church, from people in the church. They had to teach me and the word had to teach me to become disciplined and then how to discipline my children. Right? And then to live a disciplined life, I had to learn those kind of things. Well, with that mother, as I was telling her those things, it was like she had never heard that before. And that's what I think is out there a lot today. People are just not trained. People won't tell them the truth. So today, I'm just telling you the truth. Amen? Amen. So, where do we get the example? Where do we get the example of how to discipline? We get it from Mother Mary. Mother Mary. Sounds like a Beatles song. Oh. Anyway. <clears throat> so look, look at this passage of Scripture. 
Um, in Luke 2.19, after the angels and the shepherds had spoken all the things about Jesus, Luke 2.19, it just says this, but Mary kept all these things, everything that the angels had said about it, this is what, at the birth of Jesus, Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart, kept these things and pondered them in her heart. The, the word ponder the word ponder is defined as to reflect on, to mull over, to meditate on, to weigh out, to turn over in your mind. So when Mary heard all of these things from the shepherds, from the angels, and they departed, and it said she heard what was said, but she mulled it over in her mind. She turned it over in her mind. She meditated on it. She wasn't quick to run out and say, oh my gosh, it's so great. I mean, she, she had to meditate. I mean, this is all new for her. Everything was new. Everything that was happening was new for her. And so, it was a new time and a new day in her life with this child, which was the son of God, but he was the son of man. And she had responsibility now to take care of him, to raise him, and to discipline. You don't think Jesus didn't need to be disciplined? He had to be. Did he ever do anything wrong? What we see in Scripture, he never did anything wrong, but he still needed parents because it says so. As you read down um, in the book of Luke, and I want to read this in... um, starting with verse 39. Just hear this. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee and their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. His parents, Mary and Joseph, now what I understand in Scripture we don't, have, we don't see it in, in, the, in the Word at what time Joseph passed on and wasn't there. But, but there was enough time that, that they had, some people say that Mary had at least five other children than Jesus, maybe six. Some people don't think that, but church history is definite about it, that she had more children. But somewhere around the time that Jesus was 18 years old, maybe between 18 and 20, Joseph was out of the picture. So from that time on, um, you would think that in most cases, people get 18, 20 years old and they're gone. But, with, but in, in that culture and in that day, they weren't. And Jesus was with his mother. And, um, and it says, in backing up in years with him, when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast, And when they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it, but supposing him to have been in the company, they went in a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions, And all who heard him were astonished uh, 
at his understanding and his answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, he said to Mary and Joseph, Jesus did, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But when they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth, he was 12 years old, and was subject to them, but his mother kept all these things, and one translation says she pondered all these things in her heart. Number one, the thing that he said. Didn't you know that I was going to be about my father's business? So she pondered all those things, notice, and Jesus, it said that he he came with them and he subjected himself, he submitted to them and their authority, to his mother and Joseph's authority. And it says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with man. Why? Because his mother, listen to me, listen, would Jesus have just naturally grown up if he would have just been raised by someone else? Would he just have naturally grown up because he was the son of God? Absolutely not. He had to have the right parents. He had to have the right mother. And the mother that God gave to him, she was adamant. She was young when she had him. She was adamant and purposed to sow into him and to raise him and to teach him and to do what God had instructed her to do. And she pondered these things constantly. She weighed things out with him. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, people, you know, if you can just imagine from, from his birth and all the people that saw that and all the people that were there that heard the things that the angels and the shepherds said over him and, and, pe- and then word gets out that of all this kind of thing, there are all kinds of things that probably got stirred up and talked about at times, even amongst the family and, and things. And she had to weigh these things out. You can't just believe something about your children or you can't just believe everything that your children think or say. She had to ponder every decision that she made in instructing him. Yeah, we're talking about Jesus, but it's the same thing in the same way with every mother here in the house today. That you have to ponder the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the things that God wants to show you how to raise your children because Jesus submitted to them and stayed with them and grew in favor and stature with God and man because he was under the authority of his parents. He was disciplined and instructed. Remember what, we, what I read to you a moment ago? Discipline your children. You'll be glad you did. They'll turn out delightful to live with. And that's the way it was with Jesus. Why? Because she took the time to do it. Was there that much involved in Mary as his mother? Was there that much involved in her responsibility to raise him the right way? Absolutely so. Or Jesus wouldn't have been the perfect example. If he would have had these advantages that you could just throw him out in the, in, in the wilderness at, you know, at, at, as a little child and the wolves would come and raise him and he'd grow up and be whatever he needed to be, you're, you're deceived. He had to have the parents, he had to have the mother that would raise him and teach him and discipline and train him. He had to. <clears throat> And 
And so at 30 years old, right at the beginning of his earthly ministry, there's an interesting passage here that I want to point out. And then I'll end it with, a, with my last passage. Interesting passage that I want to point out. This is, this is from the time he was 12 years old till 30. And we find it in John chapter 2. <clears throat> and, and I'm just going to read with verse 1. I'm going to read it in the message. Three days later, there was a wedding in the village of Canaan in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Jesus and his disciples were guests also. And when they started running low on wine at the wedding banquet, Jesus' mother told him, they're just about out of wine. Jesus said, is that any of our business, mother, yours or mine? Question he was asking her. This isn't my time. Don't push me. Yet, she went ahead anyway, telling the servants. And what did she tell him? Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Why? How could she tell them that? Because he was an obedient son. Hmm? And she was a mother. Notice, notice. No, Jesus, you're going to do it anyway. Now, he, he challenged her, right? But he didn't, he, he was still under her authority, and he didn't usurp that authority because he thought he was something special. He did it anyway, and that's where the wine came from. Hmm? Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Why? Because he was under authority, and she knew if she told him to do something, he would do it. I believe that's a picture that's there. That he honored his mother, yet, yet, had it been something that the, his heavenly father had told him or showed him that it wasn't right, he wouldn't have done it. Yet, his earthly ministry didn't start until he was baptized in the Jordan. Not till then. Not till he was baptized in the Jordan. Then he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Then his ministry started. Until then, he was under the direction of his parents. Something about that. And listen, his parents, in, in Ephesians 6, when we read earlier about, about children obeying their parents, in verse 4 it says, Fathers, don't frustrate your kids. Don't put unreasonable expectations on your children. As your children grow, let them grow into be, being adults. But, but what a lot of times parents do is they pull their wisdom away. You know, as, as a child gets to be 18, 20, 22, 25 years old or whatever, and, and they're not married or they're fixing to get married or do whatever, it, it, just stay involved. Don't stay controlling, stay involved. Give them the wisdom. They have to choose to receive it. See, what Jesus did, he did what his mama said, and he was 30 years old. That's the picture that I'm going to draw from in how much advice or instruction that I may give. If God's telling me to give one of my grown daughters today, who are not married yet, and they're all, all my grown daughters, if God tells me to give them a word of instruction because he laid something on my heart, I'm going to tell them. But it's their choice to do it. They don't have to do it. And it doesn't mean that it's right, but when I'm not there to frustrate them and I'm there to be the covering, then I have nothing to gain. I have nothing to gain. I'm not trying to get the upper hand. And if you are, you'll ruin your relationship with your children. 
God's teaching us through his word how to be those kind of parents, how to be the mothers and fathers that he created us to be. And Jesus and his relationship, we all see in scripture right here how perfect that is. And you know what he did? You know, I, I really like this verse. You're going to hear me use this verse of scripture in a bunch of different messages. And, and I'm going to read this and then I'll end with my, uh, my other passage. But it's Deuteronomy 29.9. And it says, therefore, keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in everything that you do. Jesus prospered in everything that he did. He went to the cross. He fulfilled the commission. He fulfilled why he was created. He was created to live, to die. And he fulfilled that because he obeyed his parents. <laughs> he honored his parents. I tell you today, I'm more convinced of that today than I ever have been in my whole life. He fulfilled his purpose on the planet because he obeyed his parents and he honored them. Keep the words of the covenant, do them, and you'll prosper in everything that you do. I don't know about you, but I like that word prosper. Everybody say prosper. I'll go ahead and say it again prosper. I like to prosper. I, I'm in the prosper business. How about you? I want to advance. To prosper is to advance. I don't want to be always playing catch up and back and living in the past. I want to live today and in the future, and I want to advance and prosper in all that I do. Amen? So, today I'm ending in, with, with this passage, <clears throat> and I'm going to read these few verses of scripture out of Proverbs chapter 4. And it says, in starting with verse 1, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender, and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words, Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake him, her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Her who? Her wisdom. But he's talked about, so, so, the book of Proverbs is written by Solomon, who is David's son. And David's mother, and, and the whole issue that is there with David, had some challenges. And Solomon had issues and challenges in his own life, but he's talking about what he received from his father and from his mother. And I like the fact that the book of Proverbs, when it talks about wisdom, it talks about wisdom in the female sense. And when I look at my marriage relationship, I see my wife as the wisdom of our marriage. I have understanding, I have vision, I see where we're going and things, but she has the wisdom. And if I negate the wisdom and I neglect the wisdom, it shuts down the advancement and the prospering of the things that God wants to do in our lives. See? 
And so as I'm reading this today, I want you to see wisdom as being that from a mother. Because Solomon says here, um, when I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me to keep the wisdom. Keep the understanding because it says, do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. It's the underlying tool that creates the success in everything else that we do. Because wisdom is is extracted out of the knowledge that you have. And when I see men as knowledge, you know, containers and women as the wisdom seekers, when you put the two together, you get an absolute recipe for victory. When you put the two together, you get them separated and they won't work. And all through this passage in, uh, in uh, Proverbs 4, it talks about the wisdom in the female sense and that wisdom being the key to to each one of us receiving. I'm telling you today that the things that you've received from your mother, I'm not talking about ungodly things from a mother. I'm talking about the wisdom that the mother was created to be in every child's life and in the marriage relationship. A mother's wisdom was created to impart the ability for children to receive the love of the father. You notice in heaven, in heaven and on the throne, there's not father and mother. Because God the Father, His name is El Shaddai. He's the everything. He is the mother and the father. And everything else that you need in life. He is all of those things. So what the mother part does is help children to learn how to receive the things from their Heavenly Father. That's why you can't neglect and ignore the wisdom that comes from your mothers. I don't care how old you are. There was wisdom even in some of the things in my own relationship with my mom. There was wisdom that came from her that helped me through things. My mom could laugh. I mean, I mean, if I just said hello, she'd laugh. That's the way she was. She, she'd, anything I'd say. I'd tell some stupid joke and my wife and my girls would look at it like, uh, and my, I mean, she'd crack up. I mean, literally. I mean, she'd laugh. I mean, for a long time, she'd laugh. That's why I like being around her, because she'd laugh at my stupid jokes. But, but she taught me how to laugh and to let things roll off. Don't negate those, those, those nuggets from your mom that empower you to be able to receive from God. And the last part of this passage in, in, um, in Proverbs 4 says in verse 20, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Their life to those who find them and health to all of their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth 
and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder, meditate, roll over concerning the paths of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. All these things are instructions that a mother gives and the wisdom from the mother about specific things will always lead you in a right path. You know, again, I'm not talking about, you know, if you had a mother that was the perfect mother. I'm not talking about perfect. I'm talking about a mother's heart desiring to see her children grow up and be everything that God created them to be. I know there's a lot lacking in our society, in our world today, but there's no greater time in the history of the world ever for people to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ like it is right now. Amen? There's no, there's no time ever in the history of the world that it's greater to be born again than it is today. Because that's the God we serve. He's, he's wanting us to increase and move along and move forward. And, and he wants us as individuals to believe that and to help other people get born again and help other people come to that saving knowledge. And where it started with Jesus was with his mother. Where it started with us was with our mothers. Be grateful and thankful this Mother's Day for, for your mother. Uh, as mine is, they may be passed on, but just be grateful and thankful. You can continue, I can continue to honor my mom even after she's gone, and things will be well with me. I don't know how that is, but God's shown me in the Word. I can continue to honor her, even the fact that she's not here, by the things I say and the things that I focus on, not on the negative, but on the positive. Amen? And, and there's great things that we can learn from every one of our moms.